hello, hello. This is Brooke DeBard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I hope you're somewhere settled with your headphones in because you are in for a real treat with today's episode. Now, I've spoken to a lot of founders, a lot of people that work in skincare, that work in beauty, but I have never, ever interviewed anyone quite like Jamie Heidegger. I mean, What an incredible story. Beauty is not an industry that she went into. Beauty is not a job that she had. It's not a career path she followed. Beauty is quite literally what her family subsisted on for generations. Now, Many of you may not know Retrouvé, which is her company now, but a lot of you, I would imagine most of you listening, know Kiehl's, probably one of the most famous skincare brands in the entire world, certainly in the US. And one of the reasons why I think I'm so fascinated and compelled by Jamie's story is because I got to hear a firsthand account of what it's like to be surrounded by beauty from the moment you have memory, to be surrounded by skincare. And although Jamie's family legacy is Kiehl's, and she's certainly had a huge impact at Kiehl's, it wasn't handed to her on a silver platter. Like, okay, you turned 21, you graduated college, now get this cushy position at Kiehl's to do something at the company. Very much the opposite, and you'll hear her story. But beyond her knowledge and expertise in the skincare space, her relationship with beauty was so fascinating to me. And understanding how that relationship to beauty was developed and changed over time. The last thing I'll leave you with before we get into this incredible discussion and and Jamie's whole life story is that this was such a good reminder to me that skincare truly is emotional. Skincare isn't just a cream or a gel or a liquid that we splash on our face. Skincare comes from an emotional perspective place. It's not just expensive ingredients or a specific bottle. Here, when you hear Jamie's approach to developing skincare, think about someone who's known beauty and the science around skincare and ingredients their entire life. Someone who has eat, slept, and breathed beauty for as long as they can remember. For Jamie, that's skincare. It's all she knows. And when you have someone with this depth of knowledge on ingredients and quality and aesthetics, even just to hear Jamie talk about the products that she loves was so fascinating to me. But you think about someone who has decades of experience in this space, who can essentially create anything they want within their wildest imagination. There's no ingredient that's too rare. There's no emulsification technique that's beyond her reach. I mean, she really could create anything. And she created Retrouvé. And I don't want to give too much away because it's such an incredible conversation. So you're going to hear it all unfold. You're in for such a treat. Thank you all so much for listening. I did make sure to get a special discount code for Retrouvé for the Naked Beauty audience. If you use code Brook 20 you will get 20% off. Very generous discount. Thank you very much to the team at Retrouvé for extending that to the Naked Beauty audience. So use code BROOK20 for 20% off anything on the Retrouvé website. It really is incredible product, but it's not about the product. I mean, I'm, I'm truly saying that this episode is such a fascinating breakdown into someone's life story, their history, what they learned, what they're unlearning, the products they love today, how the beauty industry is changing, and growing. I loved this time I got to spend with Jamie and always appreciate her point of view. And I feel so confident that you all are going to love this discussion too. Tag me as you're listening. I love hearing from you as you are taking in these conversations. And let's get into my discussion. 
You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Jamie, welcome to Naked Beauty. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you so much for having me here, Brooke. It's such an honor and I'm just so excited to get to do this with you. Yes. You know, I've been using the products for years now, ever since Jennifer and Maya introduced me to them and was blown away from the very first use. But I think you also have such an incredible story that not a lot of people know. So I'm excited to just get into your whole life story. That's what I'm here for. And I'm so grateful for your interest in Retrouvé and you've been so supportive and thank you. Thank you. I'm just so thrilled that you enjoy the products. Of course. You are essentially like skincare royalty in that you grew up steeped in skincare and skincare science and you really grew up around it. Talk to me about your grandfather and father. My grandfather actually came to this country as an immigrant, a refugee, when he was eight years old. Wow. And that was in the 1800s. He had eight brothers and sisters and they didn't really have any money. And back then they didn't have child labor laws. So all the kids basically soon went out and got jobs. And near where they lived was this place called Keel's Pharmacy run by John Keel. And so my grandfather started to work with him when he was young and apprenticed with him and ended up then, uh, serving in World War One, And after that, he went to Columbia School of Pharmacology. He became a pharmacist himself and he purchased Keels from Mr. Keel wow. in 1921, I believe we have the records for. So, wow. and also in his old country, if you will, coming from Russia, the tradition of medicine was very much similar to what John Keel had and what pharmacies and apothecaries of that time were, which really were herbs and teas and poultices, ginseng roots, you know, so those are things that kind of laid the foundation for what became modern day keels. And into the mix then comes uh, my father. And after serving in World War II, he was in the Army Air Corps. He had found out about fluoride. That was kind of a new thing that was happening, fluoride treatments. And so he got involved in that and he opened his own factory in Hoboken, New Jersey called Morse Laboratories for drug manufacturing. And it was taken over by eminent domain in the mid 
50s and he had all this drug experience but didn't want to go out and start a whole new factory. So he decided to go in business with my grandfather and bring his drug manufacturing know-how and my grandfather's background in pharmacology toward making what we consider now modern day cosmetics. So they started and the first products that they created and worked on together for the new keels, if you will, uh, the first product was the blue astringent and that was in the late 1950s. And it's still one of the keels best-selling products. Oh my goodness. The term apothecary has sort of come out of fashion, but it was this small space right on 13th and 3rd Avenue in New York. Um, And your grandfather clearly had vision to say, I can create something around this and really build a brand. And then your father continued the family legacy. And then you continued the family legacy. Retrouvé is a family run business. You work with your husband, Klaus, you work with your daughter, Hannah. Do you think that you were comfortable with this idea of a family run business because that's what you saw modeled growing up? Not only comfortable, it's so much what I wanted Mm -hmm. and desired. And that was my one thing that was really sad to me or most sad to me in selling Kiehl's was that this was a legacy for my children as well, just as it had been for me. I had been involved in Kiehl's my entire life since as long as I can remember, I was working in Kiehl's, you know, pressing the buttons on the cash register and mixing potions and making fragrances for Stevie Wonder and, you know, all the things that when you're five years old, you think you you can really, you really got this, you know? (laughs) So growing up that way was marvelous. And my older daughter, Nicoletta, actually grew up much the same way. We lived around the corner, my husband, myself and Nicoletta, and she would come into the store and she would give out samples and, you know, help people. So that's really, you know, kind of the history that I came from and learning about ingredients was something that I just, you know, at the kitchen table or the dinner table, those are the kinds of things that we talked about. And uh, ironically, speaking of the dinner table, my father had this notion that it was really important to taste all the ingredients. Mm -hmm. So he said, this way, you know exactly what you're getting. And if they gave you a wrong supplier, you know, sometimes you'll order vitamin C. Actually, I thought you were maybe speaking metaphorically, actually put them on your tongue, taste test it. Interesting. And and actually it works because oftentimes you may order a specific vitamin C and they may give you a replacement or something that's not expensive. So between all the senses of taste and smell and sight, I'm not recommending that anyone (laughs) do that nowadays with ingredients, but you really get a different perspective on an ingredient and how it works and what its properties are. Yes. I want you to go back to being a young girl in New York City. It seems like you're tinkering around in the apothecary. What was it like for you growing up in Manhattan? And did you feel beautiful growing up? Interestingly, I went to school around the corner from Kiel's. And not, it wasn't planned that way. It was called Friends Seminary. Oh, I know. Friends is still around. Yeah. And Keels was 13th Street and 3rd Avenue. And I would walk after school every day. I take my 10 cents and get like a little snack at the little store. And I would spend as many hours as I could until my mom made me come home. My parents were divorced or, you know, they closed the store or threw me out. Um, and I just love being at Keels. So that was my fun every day after school. Wow. And we had all of our manufacturing was on the premises. And so I could 
could watch them making things and of course seeing the ingredients, seeing the chemists and how they did things. And at that time, it was all men at Kiehl's because they were all pharmacists basically or the manufacturers. So I was the only female there. And it was just such an incredible environment to be inspired by and to grow up in. And I just, at a young age, really had a fascination with what we were doing there. So that always sort of was with me. That's kind of more in line with the science of skincare. In terms of the beauty, I really didn't think about that at all, (laughs) surrounded by all these men, particularly. Um, I didn't think of my, I was much more of a tomboy. So if I could run faster than the boys, like that was beautiful, you know, that was great. So I didn't think much about what is beauty or anything like that. Um, Later on, I I thought I was really hot stuff if I could run fast, you know, (laughs) later on when I got to school and it turned out that I didn't look the way that that you're supposed to look, you know, that's when I started to feel not very beautiful and have insecurities and and all of that. Um, But when I was young, it was just so much fun. It was just the joy and the passion. Like arts and crafts, essentially. Exactly. And in fact, arts and crafts, one of the things that I found out is if you take iodine and cornstarch and mix them together, it makes a beautiful shade of purple. (laughs) And so those were the kinds of things that I enjoyed, you know, finding out and, and discovering. And my dad would just let me take whatever I want back in the bathroom and go in the lab and make experiments and things. So that's so fun. So you moved to Beverly Hills. You're still very young. And I read somewhere that you had a job in a plastic surgeon's office when you were 12. Yes. Well, my parents always wanted us to work. Well, us, me, all of us. Um, And so I would, you know, do a lemonade stand and paint shells and whatever it was. And then when I was 12, my mother got me a job with one of her best friends, um, Dr. George Semmel. He was a very well-known plastic surgeon at the time. And uh, so I went in his office and just did whatever they allowed me to do, you know, (laughs) licking envelopes, helping with filing and all that sort of thing. But the background, of all of that was rhinoplasties had just started to happen. Yeah, We're I was talking wondering, in the like early seventies. Early seventies, okay. Yes, and so it was really the beginning of people starting to get plastic surgery kind of more than if you're in a burn situation or something like that. And rhinoplasties, nose jobs, particularly out here in Beverly Hills, were super popular. So all day long, you'd hear the hammering because they actually would break the nose nose. open that way. I don't know if it's still done. I think that's still how they do it today from what I've seen. Now there are like people can do filler in their nose, but I think they still do. Well, it was like hammering and it was pretty loud and (laughs) it didn't stop me from trying to have a better nose with the nose job later. But I remember thinking, wow, you know, when I was 12, I thought, I don't think I would ever want somebody hitting me that hard in the face, you know? Yes. And you must've also, I mean, the people that could afford to get plastic surgery in the seventies, they must've either been incredibly wealthy, or I would also imagine you probably saw a lot of movie stars coming in and out where like the studio was maybe sending them to get work done. And then 
like as a 12 year old, are you discreet about that? Do you tell all your friends? Oh my gosh, you'll never guess who came in. That's actually a really good point because one of the things that they insisted was that I have full discretion and be really confidential about everything and not tell. So even at 12, like the whole, I didn't really care who came in or didn't come in. You know, it didn't really matter that much to me, but they were very insistent and it was right on Sunset Boulevard and 9201 building. And you saw it all. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It was really interesting. And I had only come to Beverly Hills. Well, we lived in Beverly Hills, but come to LA when I was 11 and a half. So coming from New York, the Lower East Side, right, in this whole other world. And the reason we came, my mother's husband um, was made a vice president at Warner Brothers. So we were suddenly like in this whole different world. And it really was different from 13th Street and 3rd Avenue. I would imagine that it also kind of in your, maybe if you didn't make the connection at the time, but certain lessons about agency around the way you look, right? Like there is a choice, which is like the positive side of plastic surgery, but also this introduction that like, as you are may not be enough. And it can be fixed or that this idea that you can, that you should or could fix yourself. Do you think that that was in any way harmful? Definitely. And I think kids nowadays, there are still so many problems in our society, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot more diversity in beauty. Yes. And in self-acceptance. And I think that that is just an incredible gift. That's incredible. Before you started Retrouvé with your husband, Klaus, we have to talk a little bit about your time at Kiehl's in your adult life and the products that you got to be part of and the formulations you got to be part of. I also want people listening to understand what a huge phenomenon Kiehl's was in the 90s. It was the very first skincare product that I can remember my mom actively coveting. And when I used her, I think it it was the creme de corps. Creme de corps, yes. It was like, okay, don't use that one. You can use anything else, but don't use that one. It was like her very coveted product. Kiehl's was just huge. Well, thank you. Yes, it was a lot of people referred to it as a cult. Yes, it re- it really was. It did have that. I mean, I was I wasn't old enough to be part of the cult and purchase it, but I can remember my mom having very strong feelings about it and wanting the products and being around New York and seeing Kiehl's. So that must have been incredible for you to be part well, of that. It really was a phenomenon, and it was just amazing and driven by force of personality. First of all, my grandfather was there almost every day till his death behind the counter. My father was there all the time and just loved people. And they were all, even again, the chemists and the people in manufacturing, they would all help you behind the counter. So again, it was pretty much all men at that time. And then I came in and we all had the lab coats and, and all of that. And it was just such an exciting environment. And my father had the idea at that time, it was mostly women who would buy cosmetics. So either they got something for a man or the man would sort of, you know, surreptitiously go somewhere where he wasn't seen. Men weren't very comfortable. And this is another great thing about our society now. Right. Talking about, hey, I feel like I have a wrinkle or my skin feels dry. So my father created this whole sort of museum so that the men could feel comfortable being there while their wives or, or partners were shopping. So we had the Pitts aircraft airplanes and we had sports cars and we had timpani so people could come in and my father loved music, play the drums. And he had a library all about physiology and about the anatomy of the skin and biology and 
And so it really was a place for learning and for fun. And people really flocked to it and enjoyed it. And then more men started feeling comfortable, particularly having the men behind the counter. And so we were, I think, one of the first lines really to grow to, while I was still there, it was over 40% of our customer base were actually male. My father would go up to people and just splash the blue, blue astringent on them or say, here, try this razor and let me show you the blue astringent. And the men were loving it and they could feel the difference. And, you know, they really got into it and it became just a destination. Yes. We used to only allow people to buy two or three of individual items because we didn't have enough or they would maybe try to buy eight or 10 and sell it in whatever country they were going to. Um, we had lines outside the door. I took the nameplate off. It said Keels on the top. And we took all the letters down because we just had too many people like on oh a Saturday goodness. on the weekend. So we wanted people not to be able to find it so that we could catch up a little bit. So it was quite an interesting time. And you could walk in and see Iman or, you know, Rod Stewart or supermodels or whatever. It was just a really fun, exciting place. And I think the passion of loving what we did and loving people and loving serving people and being of service made it just a high energy place that people enjoyed and would stay in sometimes, you know, for, for hours, not just buying something. Yes. It makes me feel like you need to have some sort of physical, experiential, retrouvé, lounge, spa, something. That's very unique that there was that sense of community. In terms of the like most popular Kiehl's products, were you part of developing any of them? What was your role at the company? Well, I went through many roles. Um, my first role was toilet cleaner. <laughs> um, my father believed that if you can't clean the bathrooms, then you can't do anything else. Yes. So first I got to scrub the bathrooms. And if you don't do that right, then you don't progress mm -hmm. to the next thing. Um, and then it was washing the floors. And then um, eventually everyone had to work behind the counter. And he said, you've got to talk to people, hear what they say. And hear what they want. And, and that's going to help give you ideas and inspiration. And that became my favorite thing was being behind the counter and speaking with people, giving them samples, explaining things and educating people and telling them about sunscreen. And then I graduated to working with the chemists and making my own products. I had already been donating product ideas, if you will, to my father when I was younger, starting with Vidal Sassoon had a hair pack. They were the first first ones that I know to make like a leave-in conditioner yes. because here I was blow drying my hair all the time to it, make it straight. Yes. <laughs> and so I'd put these hair packs on and I said to my dad, like, this is something we need at Kiehl's. And they actually you know, took my idea and wow. made their own version of that. And that turned into the cream with silk groom, which was hugely popular and a real cult favorite. But I ended up making over a hundred of the Kiehl's products with our chemists. And uh, some of them to this day are still amongst their best sellers. Which with products today were you part of developing? Well, one of my favorite ones was the calendula toner. Oh, that is an incredible, with the actual petals in the bottle. Yes. I love, and it's such a beautiful touch. 
Yes. So a lot of the products that they have now are line extensions of the original one. And then I made several different face creams, the PCA cream. And so all of these are, and and a lot of tonics. I loved cucumber toners and all different kinds of toners. We had the French rose water and I love putting the petals in and that whole experience because that's a way to have a sensorial experience. And yet we've got the strawberries in there. Mm. We had the berry toner and it smelled great, but that was just the seepage of the actual berries. And so it smelled wonderful, but they had a functional purpose in there. So that was one of my favorite things that I love to do. We had our own manufacturing facility where we were completely in charge of it. So from ordering the ingredients to the quality control, to compounding, manufacturing, everything was done there. And the great thing about that is I had the creativity and the freedom to make any product that came into my head because I could make 50 of them, right? And if no one liked it, I gave it to some friends or some people in the store. If they liked it, we made more. If they didn't, I just took them home and used them. Talk to me about the decision to sell to L'Oreal in 2001. So that was my decision. Um, It's still a sore spot between my husband and myself and a a point of contention. And looking back... um, you know, I'm, I'm sad. It was wonderful for Kiehl's. It was the best thing in the world for Kiehl's, but it was sad for us and our family and our children and our legacy. But for me, really, it was, there was no choice because Klaus and myself, my father had passed. We were really doing everything. Mm -hmm. And I had three children under the age of seven, basically. And, um, our daughter, our kids were, twins were born prematurely and, uh, she was, uh, not, not well for quite a while. And I just wanted to be there and be a mom. And I tried doing everything and going back and forth and nursing and, you know, being a mom and being up all night. And, and there was always something that had to give. And at a certain point, I just felt I can't do the best for Kiehl's and growing up the way that I did, not having that much of a bond, um, you know, with, with my mom, just because of the custody issues and all the Mm -hmm. things that happened. I just felt like if I have children, I want to be there and I want to be the best mom that I can be. We had lunch earlier this year and I talked to you about where I was in my career and wanting to have that more active time with my two-year-old. And it was so helpful for me to hear that you, a very, you know, powerful woman who arguably people would say, why would you ever give up that position? Um, You know, you just hold on to it and do what you need to do and hire a nanny to be there. Hire three nannies if you need to, right? But the fact that you said, it is so important to me to be a presence for my children when they're young and you don't get that time back. It was really even a light bulb moment for me as I was figuring out what do I want? How do I want to structure my time? And now that I've decided to be self-employed and I'm fully in control of my time, I can see already how I am able to make better choices that allow me to be more present with my child. I'm glad if I helped in some way. I mean, there are many people who don't have a choice and they would rather stay home with their children, but they have to do what they have to do. And I have so much respect for that. And I don't know how single moms do it, especially with multiple children and working and, and, 
everything that they do. I have so much incredible oh respect God. for that because I had nannies. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I sold right, peels so I could do everything. I still had help, but being present yes. yourself is, is a whole different thing. And particularly because my twins were premature and my daughter was, was quite sickly for a long time, she couldn't really travel. So when we had just Nicoletta, one baby who was healthy, it was easy just to strap her on my back and right. we'd go to New York and we'd go to Kiel's and back and forth and wherever. But having, you know, three children and doing different things in different places, it really just, for me, was the right choice and felt like the right thing to do. And honestly, much as I miss Kiel's and everything about it, raising my children has been the greatest joy in, yeah. in my life. You mentioned the scale of Kiel's and it's $2 billion business and the big factories. And I'm curious if you feel Kiel's would be able to do what Retrouvé does now. They certainly have scale, but there is an attention to quality and a certain, like, I guess, level of detail that feels like it cannot be scaled to that degree because you would have to, something would have to give. Is that a correct assessment? Well, I, I can't say whether I'm sure they could do something like that if if they wanted to. The problem is the way that we do things is right. probably not very profitable for, <laughs> you know, a, a mass yeah. scale yes. to begin with. Yes. Um, secondly, it would not have worked in Kiehl's because one thing that was really important to my father was that the products be at a very accessible level. Price that was points. sort of the lane that I inherited, if you will. So we we stayed in that. And he didn't want to have creams that were more expensive or, you know, luxury priced, if you will. So that was firstly very important to him. So Kiehl's as opposed to L'Oreal is a different thing. They have luxury brands and, and all as well. So I can't speak really to what they do, but I can say that we have put in tremendous effort to innovating and creating systems that are not very scale, like can't be scaled to that degree. Well, just for example, there are very few labs that have the machinery to mm. create products the way that we do under vacuum, for example. Right, right. And so it is a more expensive way of doing things. Yes. It's very innovative. We have our triple airless protection system and our moisturizers and they're filled under nitrogen. And so I'm, I'm sure, you know, other companies could do that if they wanted to, um, but it's a choice. This is what we wanted to do in order to assure for myself the best quality products that I could produce to make them as effective as possible yes. for people. Well, it started as a vanity project. It was to make them as effective as possible for myself and my yes. own skin. You were creating your own skincare and I read, I think it was an LA Times article, you were like, I didn't care about the price. I just wanted to make the best possible skincare for myself. Exactly. And so I did didn't say, oh, now I want an expensive product. Right. Those products are less expensive. It had nothing to do with that. I just had my same, one of my chemists that we had through Kiehl's from 1983. And he had always made products for me just for myself. I used to make what I called boosted versions of products where I would add higher concentrations of vitamins Natural. that at that time you couldn't find a way to have a shelf life for. It just wasn't possible, but I'd use it up in a week or something right. or stick it in the fridge, but you couldn't sell something like 
that. So we put a lot of time and energy and R&D into helping to create a system where we had this triple airless protection. And so the whole idea of airless hadn't even been developed. And to my knowledge, we were one of the first to incorporate that. But again, it was only when we decided to make Retrove available for the public, because before that, I just say, hey, Steve, add a little more of this and let's put some of that in and let's up that, you know, let's see what happens when we go 3% higher. I want to see how that feels and right. the effect on my skin. So it was just the ultimate vanity project as well as fun and my passion to create these products for myself. I was rounding the bend at 40 and to deal with, you know, potential hormonal aging and changes. My daughters were equestrian, so I was out in the sun a lot, which I didn't want to be. My husband being a former ski racer, we'd, you know, be on the mountain and being in the sun and being in California, you're always in the sun, driving in the car, whatever. So I just felt like I really want to try to create products for preventive maintenance as well as as much as possible to reduce or delay the signs of aging from the things that I was having to do all the time. Because even with sunscreen, you still get exposure and, and damage. Now, you launched in 2018. In the U.S. In the U.S., okay. Yes. What was your promise to your customers? What was the positioning when you launched Retrouvé? Well, my first promise, and this was the same thing back in the Kiehl's days, because I'm still who I am. Yes. So um, it's the, you know, the same ethos, if you will, and, and philosophy in many ways of telling the truth, being transparent, mm-hmm. promising that you will never promise the impossible. <laughs> trying to help educate people so that they can understand what's best for themselves and protect themselves. So those values were always really important as well as the value of quality and high concentrations of proven ingredients that were science-backed, not celebrity-backed, if you will. And by that, I, I mean, you know, it could be we didn't try to get influencers or, you know, different people to to be paid spokespeople. We wanted the products to convince people by giving them samples and helping them to find what was best for them. Now, I wish, and then the pandemic hit and all that, that we had had a store like in Kiehl's where I could interface with people right. personally. I think Retrouvé would be a lot bigger than it is now. There'd be a lot more awareness of it if we actually did have a store where my husband and my daughter and myself could go and interact with people in a fun educational environment the way we did at Kiehl's. And regrettably, you know, we've been doing this from afar and a lot has been DTC or or in retail stores. So as much as possible, though, we try to replicate that experience yes. of customer service. Yes, I was just going to say the customer really service Really caring about each person. Incredible. And we have a 100% money back guarantee on all of our products which we did at Kiehl's as well. So if someone doesn't like something, it is more expensive. We'd like you to try a sample first. We'd like to explain it to you. And we'd love to go over things with you to help you determine the ideal regimen incorporating Retrouvé for your individual skin type. But If you get something you don't like or you decide it didn't seem worth it to you or whatever, we stand completely behind everything that we make. I think, you know, just the the quality assurance and the science-backed value that's in the products really makes a difference. And most people who try it end up 
coming back. Yes, I'm sure your return customer and repeat business is a huge part of the profit for Retrouvé. We have to talk about this incredible farm in Malibu and how the ingredients are sourced, but I would love for you to talk about the replenishing moisturizer because that is the product that I, the very first product that I tried where I was like, wow, I've never tried anything quite like this. Um, the way it's like would sink into my skin, would make my skin glow, would make my skin softer. It was like, unlike anything I had tried and the quality just felt evident. It's like, you know, when you go into like a beautiful boutique and like you can feel like a Brunello Cuccinelli sweat, like the way, yes, you can the just cut feel, and the, yes. you know, you can feel the quality. Um, that's how I felt when I used the product. Like, wow, I can really feel this quality. I would love for you to talk through how it was formulated, um, what the ingredients are and what they really do for your skin. What differences do people see with that product? Well, Thank you for recognizing that. And it's interesting that you say that because that was my first product and that was the hero product of the line. Um, and that product was a result of the fact that after we sold Kiehl's, I finally had time. I'd been so busy. Nurse, I nursed my daughter for four years and my twins for three years and running back and forth to New York and running Kiehl's and everything. So I was super busy and I didn't have time to lunch and do Pilates and, you know, go in stores and do that kind of thing. So I was so excited. I had some free time and I spent hours. I went to Barney's at that time. You know, they had the, the biggest in Beverly Hills uh, floor. And I just uh, tell me everything you have that's good. And I bought everything and tried everything. And I wanted to hear the pitches of every single company and took all the products home. And I knew what I was looking for. And I was looking for a really intense, high level of moisturization, yes. but something that would soak into the skin and not just be Sit occlusive on, top. on yes, top. Exactly. And it could make a difference, but just as important, and I know ingredients. So of course I'm looking at the ingredients. I'm not just hearing it or, or feeling it. And so I would look at things and oftentimes if I found something I liked, I would read the ingredients and it's equally as important what's not in a product yes. as what is in a product. Quick thought on that because I was just randomly doing skincare shopping in Las Vegas. They have this very nice luxury mall there. Went into a very nice skincare shop, old shop, long history. And I asked the person, the esthetician, what was in some products. And she was like, oh, I'm actually not sure. I'll have to look on the bottle. And I find that this actually happens quite often, that sometimes the people selling you product do not even know, you know, I don't need the full list, but like you should know at least the first, you know, three, four ingredients. I'm amazed at how much skincare is sold without a focus on the ingredients. Yes, absolutely. And you'd be surprised even how many owners of companies don't, don't know. really know ingredients yes. and weren't a part of that because what's so prevalent in our industry is you have these cosmetic manufacturing places where they will make products for many different lines and you just kind of go there and say, oh, I want something that's this, that, and the other and smells like this and they cook it for you, right. you know? So firstly, there's so many products out there. So it's hard for salespeople like in a, you know, store like a Sephora that sells so many right. things. How do you learn about each line? That would be almost a Impossible. impossible. Yeah. But oftentimes you go into a store with their own eponymous line right. and they don't necessarily, you know, they're not trained. And those people should be trained and should understand because the most important thing is to help the customer find something that will help them, but first do no harm. So there are certain ingredients that we just recommend that people avoid. What are those ones, ingredients? That you well, recommend? there are ingredients that we 
choose not to use ourselves um, in products. And when I first started, for me, the main one was artificial fragrance yes. um, because I have very sensitive eyes. I've had eye operations. And if I even put something scented on my face, not let alone in my eye area, my eyes would start to water mm. and get irritated. So that was the first thing. But I know, for example, if you go out in the sun, then that attracts more sun if you've got fragrance in the product and it can be irritating to the skin and um, can cause allergic reactions and things like that. So I didn't want that. Yeah. I didn't want artificial coloration, right? Some of these dyes and things can be potentially carcinogenic and mm -hmm. who cares what color your cream is right. that's going to, so I'm not talking about makeup, but yes. like, unless it's a sunscreen, that's all pasty white, but if it's green or pink or brown or white, like everybody wanted to make their, their creams lily white or right. green to look natural or pink to look like a woman's cream. <laughs> and those are completely unnecessary things. Yeah. So those are things that we didn't want to have. We didn't want to formulate with phthalates and we didn't want mineral oils or anything that just lays occlusively on the surface because then what happens is even if you put great ingredients into the product, if they can't be absorbed, they won't help your skin. They'll just sit on the surface mm -hmm. and that can clog the pores as well as not give you the benefit of what you're paying for in the ingredients. So there's there's really so much that goes into it and it is rather complex. What we try to do, um, and it's so much easier to do when you have an online presence, for example, or we have our um, concierge service and our ambassadors who can really speak one-on-one -on -one to people. But if you don't have that, you really need to go out in the stores and make sure that your people are well-trained and understand ingredients and can answer those questions. A lot of people don't even realize too that in reading ingredients, the listing of the ingredients has a particular meaning. It goes according to the percentage of the ingredient in a product. So a lot of companies will say, oh, you know, we have a vitamin C cream and you look and the vitamin C is actually like, you know, the last the ingredient. Last ingredient. <laughs> and the first one, not invariably, but very often is water. Water, yeah, maybe some glycerin. Yeah, and yes. water can be up to 70% of of a product, yes. you know? Yes, yes. Um, we have a new face oil coming out and it's based on Makati oil and we have 70% of the oil in the product. In many of our moisturizers, we have 35 to 40% avocado oil. Yeah. And that's, those are really high percentages and oftentimes no water, they're water-free. Why do you, you can add water yourself for free if you want. Well, it may not right. be free for that much longer, but right. you still now can just add water yourself if you want to do that. But why would you want to water know, pay? down your products? Yeah. Exactly. And essentially pay for water, which also from a sustainability standpoint, you're like a set when you realize that you're paying for like a package of water and the weight. So right. there's more carbon footprint to exactly. ship it around ship that it around. way. We don't have this, but there are quite a few companies now that will sell um, face cleansers, for example, that are powders and you take a little bit and oh, add yes. water in I your love, hand. I think that's brilliant. Right? Like you don't need to carry the water around. And then if you have a lot of water, you need to preserve it. You don't need preservatives necessarily for oil because it doesn't 
allow bacteria to grow the same way that water will. So the more water you have, the more preservative you need. And preservatives can do helpful things such as kill harmful bacteria, but they also can kill some of the good things in the products that are more fragile. So, and preservatives anyway, aren't things that we necessarily want on, on our skin. So all of those considerations really went into Retrouvé and the ingredients that we select, the percentages and the ingredients that we choose not to use. So there's avocado oil in the replenishing moisturizer, also in the revitalizing eye concentrate, I believe. Does that have avocado oil in it? Well, actually, those are based on squalane. Oh, squalane. Yes, squalane is the backbone of our line. Yes. And uh, the reason being, actually, my father started using squalane in the 1960s. So I got... um, I read recently an article saying that squalane is the new buzz ingredient, the buzzy new ingredient. You're like, I've known about it since I was young. Yes. So it used to be that it came from shark oil and then we got it from olives and then so many olives were being utilized. (laughs) Now there's a vegan sugar source um, that we utilize. But squalane is a marvelous ingredient because it's similar to human sebum. And therefore it's compatible with your skin. Your skin recognizes it and allows it to be absorbed. So getting back to the um, formulation that you were saying that you like, what's so great about it is I was able to create a cream with my chemist that really has a thick texture, feels very moisturizing, is very soothing, is very emollient, but it's absorbed. And that's because the squalane and the other ingredients that we use that are essential fatty acids and similar, again, to the natural components in your skin, they will allow the other ingredients like driving a bus to be absorbed into the skin. So that's why it makes a difference. And as a result, there's a long lasting moisturizing feeling because sometimes you'll use a moisturizer and like an hour later, you feel dry. But if you use the product you're speaking of the intensive revitalizing moisturizer, like your skin's going to feel moisturized for a long time, but there's also cumulative effect as a result of these really fine quality, clinically effective ingredients being driven into the skin. Yes. What are some of those other ingredients besides the squalane? Well, the squalane is, as I mentioned, our transport bus, but we have very high levels of vitamins in our products. In particular, vitamin C is excellent for the skin. Uh, Vitamin E, we do use retinal palmitate in some of our products. We have panthenol, niacinamide. These are B vitamins. And all of these are more fragile ingredients that can diminish in their efficacy if you cook them too much and heat them or if oxygen or light come to them. And so that's another reason that we have our airless protection system and the black bottle. So black is my favorite color. So that's one of the reasons we chose it, but it's also for its functionality because we have opaque bottles where the light doesn't come in because the light can degrade these expensive quality ingredients that are really your actives, if you will, that make a difference in your skin. So um, the triglycerides that we use, the super sterile esters, um, these are all 
expensive ingredients, but that really do make a difference. But because they're very fine quality ingredients and oils that are specifically sourced, we choose things that will be absorbed. So that's why you feel enveloped in moisture, but don't have like that kind of heavy oily sheen feeling after, especially if you don't use too much. Since our products are water-free, you just need a little bit. Sometimes um, people put like four pumps all over and they say, oh, this is too oily. Oh, like, yes. well, yeah, that's enough for two weeks. One, I'd say even half of a pump can cover my entire like face and neck. And I'm very happy, which I have not found with other products. Well, that's the advantage of waterless products as well, is that you really just need a little bit. So while it seems expensive, it's actually more reasonable than it seems because you get so much more in the bottle yes. um, than if you had all of that area taken up by the water. Yes. And so the, the waterless is a new buzzy thing as well, but we've had that since you can, you can way back when. <laughs> Anti-aging is a term that gets thrown around a lot, but I know that it's part of the commitment around your brand. And I'm curious, what are the specific signs of aging? Like what happens to our skin as we get older and how do the Retrouvé products seek to counteract those gravitational forces? Well, uh, there's only so much that we can do, first of all. And I always tell people that using a great cream is helpful and important, but it's only one component mm-hmm. of overall wellness and holistic skincare, which yeah. is also about sleep and nutrition and lowering stress and, and all those sunscreen, all those different things. So let's first give a little bit of context. Yes. That being said, I don't see the idea of anti-aging as a dirty word, if you will. It is antiquated, and I think there are better ways of of saying it and describing it. So sometimes we go back and forth. We'll say, well, anti-aging, and then we'll say pro-aging and um, different things like that, just to try to kind of under to explain the point that we're trying to make, which is that once you're born, we are aging. Right. So there's nothing that we can do to stop that process, but we can help to delay it. We can help to reduce the visible signs of it. We can help to stop certain things from happening that maybe aren't necessary through proper care. And so that is really what we consider when we think of anti-aging is there are certain things like dullness, dryness. Of course, hormonal aging is a separate thing, but there's just the dryness in the fact that your skin may not do what it did better when you were younger. So our products endeavor to really promote and encourage the skin's own natural functions, right? Because our skin knows or knew what to do, but between the environment and stressors and and pollution and all these different things, sunlight, ozone, all those different things create a situation where our skin no longer is really doing what it needs to be doing. So we want to help to promote and encourage those natural processes. So that's a part of what we try to do at Retrové. But I would say brightening, nourishing, hydrating. Um, some people will say regenerating. We're not allowed to say that, but helping to revive and rejuvenate the skin to help it look brighter, to be more radiant, um, to have more resilience. Those are a lot of things that really do tend to change with age. 
And so what we try to focus on now is the idea of pro-aging, which is really just another term. Yes, I but guess anti is sort of a negative, has a right, negative connotation. Right. So we try to frame it maybe in a different way, but it's really pretty much the same idea with the caveat that we like to say. And again, when we go back to talking about diversity and people, you know, accepting different things that they didn't before, there's nothing that is bad or, you know, aging, we're all going to age. So that's just the natural state of things. And in order to lead a life where we don't drive ourselves crazy, we need to be able to accept and understand that. But that doesn't mean that we can't do things to try to age gracefully or age in a way that we feel as much as possible, we're in control of the things that we can control to be our best selves, to look and feel as good as we can. I'm so curious to hear what your favorite beauty products are, because I would imagine you have an incredibly high bar. And I know you brought some things as well. And I'm just like, I want to know like the fragrances you love, the makeup products you love. I need to know what you personally will always buy. Well, if I don't have my own products and sometimes I run out or um, at the, with TSA, you know, I, I have larger bottles than we even sell of our products. And sometimes I'd forget and they'd confiscate it. And so um, one of the lines that I enjoy are the serums from Joanna Vargas. Okay. They have one in particular, I can't actually, it's the green serum and it's got chlorophyll in it and it's just very light and, and I like it. You can put it on underneath anything and they, really do have um, a nice range and selection of different serums that aren't that expensive, that have some really nice ingredients in them. So if I don't have my own products, I will, you know, go in and purchase those. And actually, I am fortunate to know Joanna Vargas, who's such a, a lovely, amazing woman as well. And I have gotten facials at her place. So I, I really like yes. her and what they do. And then in terms of uh, perfumes, I love scent. And I yes. so agree with Same. you that it just, it's so impactful and your life and your mood, like music yes. in so many ways. So I brought a selection. Hey. One of my favorite ones that I use so often right now is actually from Iman, uh, which is Love Memoir. And this was the homage that she made to her husband, David Bowie. And so I have had my own love affair for Iman since way back when in the Kiehl's days. My litmus test is if my husband likes it. Because I've gotten gotten really expensive, wonderful, or what I thought was wonderful perfumes. And my husband will say, you smell like ant spray, (laughs) you know? So he has, your partner has to like them also. And then at a little higher price point, one of my favorites Portrait is, of a Lady. Yes, Frederick Mall, Portrait of a Lady, yeah. which ironically, I smelled this first on a man. Mm. So it's great for men yes. as well. Very seductive fragrance. And so I really like it. And it smells different on each person, I think. Yes. So you don't smell like everybody's the, the same when they wear it. Yes. So that's one of my other favorites. And then one I didn't bring because um, my daughter actually took it with her to <laughs> Italy because she liked it so much, is a newer brand called Perfume Head. Oh, I uh, It's of available that. at Violet Gray and also at okay. uh, Bergdorf's and some Neiman stores. And it's expensive. Um, that one is like $500 for a bottle. I was fortunate to be gifted some originally. 
and they have some different fragrances. One is Cosmic Cowboy, and they're really oh, very fine okay. quality I know oils. This fragrance. Yeah, this and fragrance. a little bit goes a really long way. And they're they're very individual. Um, each one there are different ones, and not everyone is for everyone. But they're for men and women. And if you really want to have, you know, some sort of amazing perfume experience, I recommend going and and smelling yes. all the different perfume head ones. And then um, you would ask just about some other things. I just, before I I came. I love it. Take us through. um, So one of- Sicily? Yes, from Sicily. This is a lipstick that I like because almost everyone can wear this color. And even my daughter or younger people who don't want something really heavy, it also has a, a nice feel. And this is from our friend Patrick Foley, who is a top makeup artist and works also at- uh, he's the resident makeup person at Neiman Marcus in Beverly Hills. And he collaborated with Sicily. They asked him to make a lipstick for them and they called it Beverly Hills. But it's really nice. It's a light, just kind of, you know, sheen. Beautiful. And it works nicely on all different skin tones. So I, I like that one. I like to have something with me that will go whatever color I'm wearing. Um, and then hair is a big deal for me. I've got my skin covered, yes. but my hair is still, you know, I'm always fighting with and, and all the frizz and that stuff never really changed. So I invest more time actually in trying to take care of my hair than my Skincare. face because face I've got down to yes. a science and our products are so streamlined. You don't need that many anyway. So I can do my face routine in five minutes, but my hair care takes longer. And one line that's really helped me from someone we also really adore is Tracy Ellis Ross's pattern line. So she has these heavy, I I get these big (laughs) containers of leave-in conditioner and I just smother my hair in it. And if I'm not blow drying, because I don't want to do that all the time, it just gives me really great waves that are not frizzy. And even in humidity out here, like we have, it it still can look good and I can go out and feel comfortable with my hair. And I've tried a lot more high end products that were super expensive or I thought would be so much better for my hair and they just didn't really work. Yes. Um, the other thing I just can't be without is my pattern brush. And okay. I give this people as a gift love this brush. to yes. people. I'm a big believer. Yes, you want to brush your hair gently, but stimulating the scalp mm. and getting the circulation going is really important. And you want to have the bristles far enough apart that you're not pulling your pulling hair out, out with tangles. Yes. And to me, you can. it's a really heavy weight. Oh yeah, no, I know this brush. It's, um, yeah. it's a great brush. So I have one like in my my purse and <laughs> one at home. And so I, I just really um, advocate this this brush yes. as being for me really helpful. And it helps to kind of keep my hair in place once I put the all the goop in it as well. <laughs> so that's something else that, that I really like. I don't generally wear a lot of makeup. In fact, growing up with my dad, mostly I never really learned how to do makeup. So um, I have a super makeup person who comes and helps me or Patrick will give me tips. Uh, Patrick Foley, so I don't really have like a foundation or, yeah, because I don't do makeup. I will do a tinted moisturizer with sunscreen that, you know, right. maybe is just makeup enough for me, or I usually don't wear makeup. But when I do, it's just whatever the makeup artist sure. recommends. Sure. So um, well, thank you for taking me through your favorites. I feel like I've got some tips of some things I'm going to add to list shopping lists that I have. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the every 
Skin Has a Story initiative that I got introduced to through Jennifer McHenry and Maya McHenry, who are so wonderful. And Alon Holt, who I went to Stanford with, also hosted the series. And she's been on this podcast and she's just phenomenal. And I was blown away by this Instagram live series that was done after the murder of George Floyd, specifically centering Black experiences and with zero commercial push. There was no mention. It was, it was almost as though Retrouvé was hosting it on the channel to facilitate the conversation. I mean, it was truly these really deep conversations. I would love to hear more about the decision to put bandwidth and energy and resources into a program like that and why it was so important to you. Well, thank you so much for acknowledging that and saying that it, it means so much to me. This is really a labor of love and something that we care so much about. And if I didn't have Retrouvé, I would still want to do Every Skin Has a Story. And thank you for, for being on it. And I'm so grateful, such a an enormous debt of gratitude to Jennifer and Maya McHenry, who created the show, produced the show, conceived of the show in response to conversations that we had, but also as a way of paying homage to Lyric McHenry, yes. who was really the visionary who connected all of us. I want to pause here to give some context into Lyric McHenry. Lyric McHenry, who was a dear friend of mine from college and film producer and creative and just all around beautiful person inside and out, she passed away in 2018 and Lyric's spirit lives on through so many incredible initiatives like the Retrouvé, Every Skin Has a Story series. That's what Jamie and I are talking about here. We'll jump right back in. My daughter actually knew Lyric at Stanford. And so we just all had this kind of incredible organic connection, yes. if you yes. will. And I went to them after all of this was happening. And this has just always been important to me. I'm, I'm so happy that you brought up Lyric McHenry and honoring her legacy because what a beautiful spirit, but also a curiosity and connector of people. But this idea that stories are the things that help you understand the world better. And, the, and that's why I feel passionate about podcasting, right? Sharing people's stories. There is like a magic and a power in just sharing our story. Because even if two people, 20 people hear your story and are impacted by it, that has changed. So that's why I, I just was so blown away by the series. Thank you. Well, that was the whole idea. It really started as an idea of uplifting creatives of color. Mm -hmm. um, it then became also any marginalized community as well. Although I will say the focus just happened to be mostly on African-Americans because of, of what was going on in the world. And also because Jennifer and Maya had so many amazing connections to people that they brought for the shows who had these incredible stories to tell who were so accomplished. But when you hear about the obstacles they had to overcome or, or literally the dirt that was thrown at them, mm. literally and figuratively, um, you can't help but feel empathy and, and compassion. And that was the whole point of this platform was not only to share and amplify the accomplishments yes. of creatives of color, but also to talk about everything they had to do 
to yes. get there yes. and how can we allow this right. to be and how can we make things better? And I wouldn't say that we're a white bread brand or that the main focus of our customers, we have actually, we're blessed with a very diverse community, a retrouvé family, if you will. But there are a lot of people out there, although our numbers aren't enormous, who really have been impacted by the show and it's changed their thinking or just mm -hmm. learning what they didn't know before, their awareness. Yes, And so in our own little way, I just derive so much joy and inspiration from the show because I know that we can help make a difference Yes, and fulfill incredible. Lyric's vision, Beverly Johnson's vision, Jennifer's vision, yours, all of us for a better world and certainly a, a better America. Yes. What do you wish more beauty brands and skincare brands did to either be allies or just to have some level of, um, I guess, like skin in the game when it comes to justice and equality? Well, I think so many people kind of jumped on the bandwagon. Yes. Very performative in 2020. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that was great. And it's certainly better than, than not doing it, but it's the long-term commitment yes. that we'd like to see. And Beverly Johnson started the Beverly Johnson rule, which was patterned after the rule in football about having to hire not only coaches, but also people in the C-suites of color. Yes. And so that we signed on. We were the first company to sign on. That's where change has to start right. at the top, not at the bottom. Right. So it's great to ha to hire more diversity, but we really need to see changes, not only of African-Americans, also of women and people of color in general in the C-suites. Yeah. And they still are, for the most part, White, white and male men. yeah, in so many areas. So I think that is something. I would love to hear what's what you're excited about for yourself personally, what maybe some personal things you're excited about coming up and also what you're excited about for the future of Retrouvé. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to get to work together with my daughter and my husband. So every day we work really hard, but it's also a joy to be able to do it as a family. Um, a great joy to me is putting together the, the shows. We don't do as many as we would like to do. So Jennifer and I are always calling each other. Oh, I met this. This person has to come on the show. We have to invite that person. So that's something I really look forward to. I have a lot of new products in the pipeline and I look forward to trying to bring those out. It's expensive for us to do so because our ingredients are so costly. And then all of the systems that I mentioned in order to do our manufacturing. So we've tried to keep a really curated line and that's very streamlined just of the products that we really couldn't find out in the marketplace, but there are still many of those that I have that are even finished that I haven't brought out yet. So I'm looking forward to doing that. As a person, I just always want to try to get better, be a better partner, be a better mother, be a better daughter, be a better employer, be a better citizen of the world. And I think for myself, like the idea of self-improvement or th that I can always get better. I may get older and gravity is going to pull my skin down and all these things are going to happen. But if I didn't feel that in some way I could become better every day mm. or learn something more or contribute more than I wouldn't want to stay around. And I really do because I feel so enthusiastic about all the different ways that I still can improve and, and be of service and yes. um, make my, you know, try to make myself better for others as well. That's a beautiful answer. My final question for you is when do you feel most beautiful? 
um, when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard many a response, but I've not heard that response yet. Um, just because when I'm not thinking about it, as I mentioned, <laughs> I have so many insecurities and so I don't like to look in the mirror. And you're I so think, beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. But I, you know, when you didn't, you grew up hearing all these things mm-hmm. and all these voices in your heads and, and even in with therapy and all that, it's, it's hard to un- undo those things that we've heard. So I do better when I'm not looking in the mirror and not obsessing about it. And I find that time is best when I'm doing something for others. Mm. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Jamie, for your time. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. you. It's such an honor to be here and be invited. And thank you for your time and having me and for your interest in Retrove and your support. And uh, this has just been a dream. So honestly, I'm so glad I got to do it. Oh, thank you so much. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Wow. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed it. I think Jamie is just incredible. I could truly speak to her all day about skincare. I mean, someone who really knows their stuff A to Z, but also is creating skincare that has such a beauty to it. And it's like this reminder that skincare is emotional. It's not just the creams and the lotions and the liquids that we put on our face. It's deep, right? And like where you get the ingredients from and the quality of those ingredients and the extraction methods and the jar that it goes in. I mean, all of it comes together to create something that is truly a luxury product, right? I mean, we throw around the word luxury now. (laughs) What's luxury? What's quiet luxury? What's not luxury? But for me, luxury means that A to Z, every single choice that could be made to elevate something is taken, that there are no shortcuts. And that to me is what she's done with Retrouvé. So I think it's just incredible. I feel excited that I was able to hopefully introduce many of you to the Jamie story. Now, I'm one person, a sample size of one, and Jamie created Retrouvé. So, you know, don't take it from us. I was like, I need to have someone else try these products. So I asked Salam and MBA, my project manager for Naked Beauty and my producer for Naked Beauty. I said, okay, we're going to make sure that you get the deluxe kit, of all of the incredible Retrouvé products. I didn't say incredible though. I said, I want to send you all these Retrouvé products. I didn't want to oversell or overhype or steer them in any direction. I said, I want to send you all these products and get your honest feedback on how you like them. And then we'll have a chat. So this is a snippet from our conversation. Salam, B.A., welcome to Naked Beauty. This is so funny to be interviewing you all on the podcast. 
Yes. <laughs> Hi. We talk very often as, you know, as your role as producer of the podcast, Salam, your role as project manager, but I asked you all to do something very specific for me in the month of July around trying the Retrouvé products, because I have been using the Retrouvé products now for about a year and a half, but I'm sort of in like my own little silo of using these products and loving them. And then I recommend them on social and people are like, these are very expensive. And I'm like... I know, but the products are so good. So I was like, I want you all to have the full Retrouvé experience and get your feedback. So I'd love to hear how you've been liking the products and what your experience has been with Retrouvé. Okay, so here's the first thing. Retrouvé is really luxurious and it's a very luxurious skincare experience, but not because you have the price tag in mind the whole time. Like it's not like when you buy a really expensive dress and you force yourself to like it because it was expensive. It just like without the price tag, the way that the product behaves is completely different from anything else I've ever used. Oh, wow. I agree that I was really impressed. I'm someone who has really sensitive, like acne prone skin. I have eczema and all these allergies. So whenever something agrees with me and doesn't irritate my skin, it's like, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) I have to keep you in my life forever. So I actually, I really liked the dynamic nourishing face cream, but I liked the skin brilliant pads the most. Oh, interesting. I do feel like I can understand the price being a little shocking or a lot shocking. (laughs) Um, And I think it's less of like a, you absolutely need this product, right? None of us need anything, anything really. But if you're playing in this arena, if this is the world that you live in, you should be a Retrouvé girl. I think I texted you at one point, Brooke, that the soft life girlies would love (laughs) Retrouvé. Like this is who it's for, right? Yes. It's like instead of splurging on a couple Dior lip glows, like maybe no hate to Dior. I love it. But I mean, if you're already in that market of luxury skincare and makeup, I feel like Retrouvé is a great, a great investment. Yes, absolutely. And we've been talking about prices a lot. So I feel like I have to bring up the price. The Dynamic Nourishing Face Cream is $255. The Eye Concentrate, which is very expensive, is $415. But again, I think you'll have a bottle for an extremely long time. The Skin Brilliance Priming Pads are $65. The Luminous Cleansing Elixir, which is kind of like, it's like a cleansing balm. It's on wait list right now, but it's $75, which I actually think is a great price for that product. Now, did you all try the body oil? I love the body oil. Did you try it? I did. That was actually the first product I tried. And I have a bachelorette trip to Mexico coming up. And I'm just really excited to be like the baddest bitch, honestly, (laughs) with this glow oil. Because I feel like people love like a Tom Ford Soleil Blanc or like a... But I don't always love to shimmer. I just like to look really supple. And what's nice about this body oil is that it somehow behaves like a dry oil. Like it's not really rubbing off on your clothes or your sheets or whatever, but you still look like you were just like, I don't know, dipped in butter. I don't know. Yeah, that is maybe my favorite product. And it smells so good, but it's not like, again, it's not this like overpowering fake that it just feels like luxury. Yes, totally agree. Absolutely. And I think it gives you that like lit from within. I just spent the day at the beach and then like maybe I've got a little sheen. 
<laughs> I feel like that's exactly what I want. It makes me feel like Kelly Rowland on the red carpet. <laughs> Like that, that's the frame of reference, right? (laughs) That's the goal. That's always the goal. That's always the goal. Um, Well, I'm so happy that you all joined me in trying the products because, you know, I think sometimes, and especially like, you know, we worked with Retrouve on this episode because I was such a fan of the skincare and people ask me all the time, would you ever launch skincare? And I'm like, if I did launch skincare, I would want it to be at this level that Retrouve is at. But you hear in the episode how much work it takes to make skincare that is this premium of quality. Also the customer service, the packaging, I mean, everything A to Z is just incredible and special, but sometimes you try things on your own and you're like in your own little bubble and you're like, okay, do other people think this is as amazing as I think it is? So I feel like hearing your experience will also be very helpful to the listeners. And if you guys didn't love it, you could also tell me, but you know, I know from our text messages that it was, it was, it was a hit. You guys liked it as much as I did. So I appreciate your perspectives. I mean, yeah, I absolutely was glad to try them. And the Beyonce line, what it should cost a billion to look this good. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> right, right, right. Quality costs, quality costs. Well, thank you all so much for your perspectives. So as you can see, we're all big fans of Retrouve, really just phenomenal skincare and a phenomenal woman with an incredible story. Again, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on to Naked Beauty and for sharing your story with me. I so, so appreciate it. It's conversations like this one that I have with Jamie that remind me why I do what I do in terms of creating a platform and allowing people to tell their stories because there are so many interesting stories in the beauty space and we don't often get to hear about them. And behind every great product is usually a very interesting person with their own personal history. And I just, I love to get into that. These are the conversations that bring me so much joy. And I appreciate you all so much for your support and for joining me on these journeys. Thank you so much for listening. Take the time to rate and review, tell a friend about Naked Beauty and enjoy the rest of your beautiful day, evening, night, morning. Thank you to my producer and BA Kasanga for putting together this episode. I will be back with a new interview next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.